Lorraine seems to be doing is the opposite, though. She's working really hard to try to get dad in the child's life, even though it sounds like he has a questionable character. Yeah. So that's the dilemma, is how far do I go to try to force this to happen? And does my child really need this person in his life? Will it benefit him to have him in his life? And as your child gets older, the explanation to the child of why his dad is not present or why his dad is unpredictable in his presence is not that his dad didn't want to be a dad. We never want to say that to a child because a child's interpretation of that is I'm not wanted. Hi, I'm Diane Dirks. My colleague Rick Voyles and I have been working with co-parents in conflict for more than two decades. We've taught classes, written books, counseled parents, empathized, agonized, and have blown our tops a few times to help people make sense of their complicated families. We were talking one day and it occurred to me that helping the most difficult cases comes down to one simple concept. Is one parent willing to let go of the tug of war rope or is it worth it to hold on and fight? Our combined years of experience and our practical way of looking at co-parent boundaries makes Rick and I a great team to address some of the most difficult issues facing co-parents today. With our philosophy of either letting go or holding on, there's not a dilemma we can't provide a solution to. In fact, there may be more than one solution. So we invite you to take this journey with us each episode as we tackle the questions, should you hold on or let it go? Thanks for listening. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. I'm Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. Hello, Rick Voiles. Hello, Diane Dirks. Notice I didn't say good morning this time, even though it is morning. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We're trying to throw our listeners off. Yes. Yeah. It's really not evening. It is morning. It is. Um, How was your week? My week has been busy quite a bit, actually. In fact, I can't remember most of it. It's been so busy. Yeah. Busy is good. Yeah, it can be. Yes. And then busy. I don't know. This business, it's feast or famine, it seems. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's been my whole life. One week, you're crazy. And then the next week, you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, where is everybody? (laughs) Yep. Am I going to pay the bills this week? Yeah. Although, thankfully, I'm not at that place anymore. But I I used to be, you know, when you run your own business. um, Yep. It all depends on the engagement. And if you can't get people engaged, then you're looking at your watch going, hmm, what do I do now? Do I go get a job? Yeah, right. <laughs> Should I? Yeah, that's the nature so, of the beast. Yep. Yes. Those of you out there who are business owners, we understand. Definitely. This week, we got an email from Lorraine. And this is a subject that I think comes up a lot in our conversations, especially my conversations with individual clients who are co-parenting that have concerns about children. A lot of times people would come and see me to learn how to react to their kids in difficult situations. Lorraine seems to be very concerned about her son, her very young son, and his father who doesn't want to engage. Mm -hmm. And as we were preparing for this, Rick, you and I were kind of chuckling that many of our listeners would pay money to be in Lorraine's situation. Yes. (laughs) A difficult parent. Why doesn't he just go away? Yes. (laughs) Yes. But we know if you know anything about child development, we don't want to raise our kids 
in an environment where one parent has abandoned the child. That's never good for the child. However, if the parent doesn't have anything healthy to bring to the table, it can sometimes be better for the child to not have regular interaction with that person. Yes. So it's a difficult balance. And let me go ahead and just read this email and that'll put it into context. Lorraine says, hi guys, my son's father showed his true colors whilst she says whilst. So that's a clue that she might be from across the pond. I'm not sure. Whilst I was pregnant and decided to move out whilst I was five months pregnant, I encouraged us to stay in contact as I knew I always wanted him to be part of our child's life. He did want us to get back together, but I felt there was no real efforts to repair some of the damage caused by his multiple infidelities during our relationship. Fast forward to the current day, my son's father quickly lost interest in being around for our son, who is now two years old. I have tried to reach out to him in a calm manner on several occasions, but he ignores my messages. And then she goes on to talk about the grandmother on the father's side who does have an interest in seeing the son, but she's a little wary of the grandmother because the grandmother has been distant. And then she ends her email by saying, I value grandparent relationships, especially after losing my own mother recently. Mm, Sorry. So my first thought was she's grieving the loss of her own mother. Of course. And that probably has brought up a lot of emotion about not wanting her two-year-old to grow up without a parent. Yeah, makes sense. So this probably has stirred up a lot of things. So we're sorry to hear, Lorraine, that you've lost your mother. That's difficult. Yeah. So, Rick, my first thought about this email, and I have many thoughts. (laughs) The one that is glaring to me is the multiple infidelities during our relationship. Did that Uh, pop out at you as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, she could have said a lot of things, but that was the one. (laughs) And And what does that indicate to you? Well, by our experience, our immediate thought is he might be a narcissist. Might be if it's uh, walks like a duck, we might want to call it a duck. Yeah, I don't. And she may be embellishing that truth, but that's her perception that he's had multiple infidelities during the relationship. So it's curious to me why she so desperately wants this character in her son's life, right? Yes. Now she's right on a couple of points that. She said, I always wanted him to be part of our child's life. And we know that that's important that a child knows who their parents are because that's an identity issue, right? Right. When they're little, little though, it's kind of difficult to explain because they don't understand biology, right? (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) So your four-year-old might... Oh, yeah, I came out of mommy's tummy. Uh They know the connection with mom, but they often will go, what did that guy have to do with it? Right? Right. (laughs) There are many different ways of explaining that. But this person was in your life when you were born or his name was on the birth certificate because we were in a relationship or loved one another when you were born. And so he's an important person in your life. I know of some religious people who explain it to their kids this way when there's a divorce or somebody that they maybe never married and trying to introduce that person as your bio dad will say, when God makes a baby, takes a little bit from this person and a little bit from that person and puts them together. And that's who you're made of. And so even though we're not living in the same house, this other person 
is part of who you are kind of yes. thing as a, yeah. as a religious or spiritual way to explain it. So that's really up to the parent, how you explain what did that guy have to do with it? But as mm-hmm. they get older, <laughs> understand the so-called birds and bees, then it'll become more clear to them. Oh, that's why I have his nose mm-hmm. or his yeah. color eyes or whatever. So regardless the human condition is such that we just want to know where we came from. So I've had this question oftentimes before, should I even tell my child that he has a biological father? Because I have this new guy in my life and he's awesome. And he loves my child as if he's the father. Can't I just pass him off as the bio father? And that might sound like a good idea, but the consequence of that is when bio dad gets his life together and decides he wants to be in his child's life. Now you got some splaining to do. Yeah. To talk child. about confusing. Yeah. And the child will often be angry at the parent for telling that lie or that secret or not telling the secret. And so I don't ever think it's a good idea to lie to a child. What Lorraine seems to be doing is the opposite, though. She's working really hard to try to get dad in the child's life, even though it sounds like he has a questionable character. Yeah. So that's the dilemma, is how far do I go to try to force this to happen? And does my child really need this person in his life? Will it benefit him to have him in his life? So what I like about this email, though, is she brings up grandma. And you're uh-huh. a grandparent and I'm a grandparent. <laughs> There's nothing better than those grandchildren, right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes all the woes of parenting worth it. It does. <laughs> right? Yes. So I I don't know this grandmother and she says she's been distant over the years. I don't really know what that means, but I would really bank on grandma being the connection for the child to that side of the family, to that culture of the that family right yeah being I like the connection that rather than dad and then maybe grandma can get connected with the child and over time the dad presenting himself occasionally so the child knows he's there but doesn't feel abandoned by him or by that side of the family right so right yeah. my first thought Lorraine is I would really engage that grandmother unless you feel she's in danger or has a questionable lifestyle herself. To me, that's the key for the child knowing that side of the family without maybe being constantly hurt by his father. Yes, I like that idea very much. Reach out to the grandma. But I'm a little concerned about the wariness, what that means. I might encourage her to have a conversation with grandma and and ask sure. what she wants the relationship to look like or what she sees the future yeah. before introducing this. I would hate for this grandchild to feel rejected by grandma too. Right. Yeah. You'd want to know there would be a commitment there to semi-regular interaction or connection with that family. So yeah, maybe have lunch with grandma. Yeah. And now here's one of my underlying concerns for you, Lorraine. If he is a narcissist, you're probably sucked into his orbit. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you reach out to him and he ignores you, he feels powerful. Uh-huh. He knows you're desperate in some way, shape, or form. He likes that you need him. Mm-hmm. He likes that you're a little bit desperate for him because these multiple infidelities tells me he likes a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I would stop cold 
with trying to engage him. And as your child gets older, the explanation to the child of why his dad is not present or why his dad is unpredictable in his presence is not that his dad didn't want to be a dad. We never want to say that to a child because a child's interpretation of that is I'm not wanted. Right. The message to the child is your dad was unable to be in your life. And I can't answer why that was because if he were healthy, he would want a relationship with a child, right? He would. That's the premise. That would be yep. the foundation. So we can assume there's something going on in his life that's not very healthy. For all we know, he's got a substance abuse problem or he's got something going on, some mental health issue, something yep. that keeps him from wanting a relationship with the child. Or, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and give dad the benefit of the doubt. Lorraine is crazy as a loon. <laughs> sorry, Lorraine, I don't know you. And I'm, but we always try to give both parents the benefit of the doubt on the show. Correct. Uh Yeah. So let's for one second, I doubt this is true, but for one second, he just can't abide connection with her and he's willing to sacrifice his relationship with his son. So he doesn't have to deal with her. Now I've heard that from many fathers, actually. Really? Oh dear. We've done some reunification work in our organization. And I've had, I shouldn't say many, probably two or three over the years who have said to me, why didn't I want to come back into my child's life till he was a teenager? Because I couldn't deal with her. And honestly, she was so on the edge that I thought she would start accusing me of sexual abuse or something like that. And I really stepped away from her. I remember one guy in particular, he waited till his daughter was 10 before he engaged with her. And his explanation was he could just see the writing on the wall that mom was about to accuse him. The next thing was going to be sexual abuse because the physical abuse accusations weren't working. Wow. So that's an extreme. Yes. It's one of my ways to maybe have a little bit of Sympathy possibly for dad, if that were the case. Now let's put that aside. That could be one explanation. Yeah. But I'm not sure that if Lorraine was that crazy, that she would be reaching out to us or even listening to our show. Or listening out to (laughs) or reaching out to grandma. Right. Right. What we have we're going to to people that are that crazy don't seek advice. Right. (laughs) So we're going to assume that none of our listeners are crazy. (laughs) Yes, maybe. We don't know, but I just needed to throw that out there just in case that that would be one explanation for why dad isn't in his child's life, but every other explanation points to dad not being very healthy. Yeah. And there's kind of a middle ground there. Some let's assume since we're assuming that dad just does not know what to do with babies, terrified with babies, sure, doesn't have a clue and decides that, okay, when he, when he can play catch, I'll come into his life. That's true. Something yeah. like that. That's a person who doesn't understand child development, but right. that somehow I'm just going to waltz into my child's life when he's seven or eight years old and play baseball with him. And he's going to be okay with that. Uh, and there won't be any distress for the child around that. So yeah, he'll be shocked that his son doesn't want to play ball with him now. Right. So back to how you talk to a child, your dad's not here, doesn't come around much because he has some issues he needs to overcome. And that's all on him. That has nothing to do with you 
It has nothing to do with whether you're a lovable kid or not. We know that to be true because you have many, many people in your life who love you. So the message that you have to say a hundred times before a kid even begins to believe it is that because this is a primary relationship for the child. It should be anyway. That's not so easy to just let go of and forget about. So they're always going to wonder, why didn't my dad want to be in my life? And so, Lorraine, focus a lot on that as your child gets older and becomes more verbal and starts asking questions. But you also want him to know he has a dad somewhere that he was there when he was born or had some role in your life and in his life in the beginning. And I think, Rick, she probably ought to focus on what other male role models she can present to her child that are more stable and predictable and consistent. And more than more than one. Yeah. That could be a grandfather. That could be an uncle. Yes. That could be a friend. That could be a significant other teacher. Yeah. Because this guy at this point doesn't sound like he is going to be the kind of role model necessarily you want in your child's life and probably going to be a difficult co-parent for you. Yes, I would predict that. But that doesn't mean that, and I hate to say this too, but he doesn't down the road five years from now come into some money and then decide to wage a big old court case against you and try to get... Try to take full custody. That's what right? narcissists do, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a narcissist with money because no. they, then they really feel powerful. Now it's not just about emotional abuse, but then it becomes about financial abuse and how can I use the ultimate power that I have to get what I want? So, Lorraine, you might enjoy the piece you have right now because it could be he'll come back later or not. We just right. can't predict the future. So, like we always say, focus on what you can control. And let go of those things you can't. And obviously, you can't control dad wanting a relationship with his child. So let that go and stop communicating with him. He's loving that, something tells me. (laughs) His passive aggressive non answers are making him feel really powerful. Yeah. You're just, you might as well just hand him a $50 bill because that's a big giant reward for him. And focus on grandma and try to engage her. And see if that can be the ultimate connection to your child's other side of the family. And I would hope that I understand the desire to have a dad in your son's life, but don't rush into any future relationships by that motivation. Right. Searching for a dad. Yeah. We don't ever want to search for our own dad. No. (laughs) Or for a dad for our child. Oh, I like the way you said that. (laughs) Those don't make for good romantic relationships. No. Yeah, But many people do that. And I have been guilty of that myself. So I know that feeling. So yeah, find other role models for your child. And again, that's not a replacement because as your child gets older and into his teen years and wants to know who is my dad? Did he like soccer too? Is he creative like me too? Did he look like me? He may want that information, but if he's got a connection with the grandmother, he'll be able to get that easily. He'll be able to get stories from grandmother about his father. And hopefully that's the unknown about grandma is, is she going to be able to tell the child he's lovable, even though her own son 
Yes. Is not interested. So tell me what you think about this. I could see maybe creating an email protocol with grandma, but also copying dad. It would be a way of sending him information about what's going on in a child's life. Like there's a graduation coming or a soccer game where there's something she's keeping him in a loop, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't have to care whether he answers or not. She's doing her part. He could show up, but she's not chasing him. He can't come back and say, she never let me know what's going on. Right. I I would have come back had you told me. Yeah. That depends on who he is. I wouldn't tell my child, oh, I let your dad know you have a baseball game tonight. Good point. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't come. The child's going to be distraught. So I don't know. She could do that if it makes her feel better. But I just feel like at this point, she's working too hard to communicate with him. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if there's a little bit of toxicity left in the relationship that she's still trying to engage with. Does she still need his approval? Does she still need him to do the right thing? I couldn't get him to do the right thing when we were in relationship, but I still need him to do the right thing so I can prove that I was an idiot to in being with him or whatever. Mm, right. I mean, these are the things that people who are with narcissists, it sounds irrational, but these are the kind of mental gyrations they go through that they just really need to take control of and stop and realize this is who he is. This is maybe who he's going to be forever and a day. If he changes, if he comes back and appears to want to engage, I would be suspicious because that means hmm. he's going to engage for two weeks and then be gone again, or Good. is he going to engage point. In, a, in a dedicated way? So it's unpredictable, but don't waste any time in your head thinking about what he might or might not do going forward and just do what you need to do for your child and communicate with your child that he's lovable and make that your goal. And it occurs to me as well, she's doing this all on her own. Yes. And part of maybe wanting him to be engaged is to get some help. And again, this is also where grandma might be helpful if you can engage her and develop a trusting relationship that she may be willing to take the child for a weekend, give you a break because single parenting is no easy task. No, (laughs) it is not. And maybe she'd like some child support along the way. And I don't know what their legal agreement is and whether she's getting any financial support from dad. And that might be another reason she wants to engage him. I don't know. We can only guess at this point. Well, and she doesn't mention her dad. She doesn't mention grandfather, but if we just take this at face value, she just, this, the two-year-old just lost one grandma. Sure. And it sounds like there may only be one other grandparent available. So I could see her kind of desperation go up a notch. Sure wanting to to do something about that. So if we were going to frame this in, okay, let go of trying to get dad to be something that he's probably not. And, right. and, or at hold, least can't be in the moment, you know, yes. for now. And hold on to communicating to your son, not lying to him, but that it's not about him. You're lovable. Yes. The, that's really the bottom line. And if she's needing family support or she wants her son to have more family support, I think grandmother is the key. Yeah. Or at least worth the effort to invest. Yeah. Yeah. 
And if it is about just needing a break, there are many, many ways to get a break. So I don't know what your financial situation is, your job situation, but engage friends. Hey, will you take my two-year-old? I mean, two-year-olds can be very challenging to spend all day and all night with, right? Engage a friend and take your two-year-old out one night just so you can take a bath. Relax. Relax. Yes. So there are many other ways to get a break other than engaging a narcissistic co-parent who's just feeling powerful by not responding to you. Yeah. Or even if he's not narcissistic, then obviously he just doesn't care enough. Yeah. He's got something going on, but it's not hers to explain. Nope. Obviously. All right. Well, Lorraine, thank you for your email. And we encourage others to email or call us. That would be 1234Dilemma, D-I-L-E-M-M-A for those bad spellers. like Me, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Or 1234Dilemma at gmail.com. Perfect. I will talk to you guys next week. Yep. See you all later. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, we hope you'll consider becoming a VIP patron. When Rick and I started this show, our intention was to get valuable information out to as many professionals and families as possible. You might notice that we don't have a lot of advertisements because we want to deliver as much content to you as we can. However, it does take time and money to produce this show. That's why we have a Patreon account. Patreon is a platform where you can donate money to support things like podcasts to keep them going. When you become a VIP patron, you'll have access to live monthly meetings where Rick and I will answer your questions and we'll give you a preview of upcoming episodes. But these live Q&As are only for our non-impossible community who register at patreon.com slash cpdilemmas. Check out the link on our show notes. For only a few dollars per month, you can help us continue to provide this valuable resource, as well as have live access to us on a monthly basis and many other perks. So join us on Patreon and become a VIP non-impossible. The information contained in this podcast is generic. It must not be misconstrued as constituting legal or psychological advice. Decisions relevant to any specific individual, family system, or case require the direct evaluation of skilled, child-centered professionals.